Gordon Moore's in the house. And yeah, Gordon preached this morning and uh, he knocked it out of the park as far as I'm concerned. And tonight we've kind of said, Gordon, just do what you want to do. This is a meeting where a lot of space for the Holy Spirit to move. Gordon flows in words of knowledge and miracles and prays with people all around the world and has seen some phenomenal moves of God most recently. But I've known Gordon to be pursuing this stuff the whole time I've known him. And uh, so it's a great joy to have Gordon and Joe with us tonight. Um, they are just the nicest people to hang out with. They just think the, the best of you. They, uh, uh, Gordon and Joe have had some corrective conversations with us over the years, but they haven't been like, takes out the back and bashes over the head. It's like, guys, why don't you just try that? Or why don't you do, don't do that? Or, and that we need people like that in our lives. People who have got no other agenda than our well-being. So I've got no doubt tonight when Gordon's up here bringing what is on his heart, I've got no doubt that what's in his agenda, for want of a better word, is your well-being. Your well-being in Christ, your well-being in the kingdom. So I want you to put your hands together and welcome him as he comes tonight. Thank you, Gordon. Great, man. Yeah, yeah cool, man. Fantastic. Thank you very much, Pastor Bruce. And uh, so good to be here tonight. And uh, look at you, uh, C3 Church, Adelaide Hills out at night. I think revival's happening. Because, you know, it, on a night like this, wouldn't it be good to be around the fire with a Milo? No. Let's be in the presence of God, right? And see God do incredible things. Uh, awesome. You can be seated. And... Um, We'll just, uh, we're going to do a few things tonight. We're going to pray for some people that I'll speak a little bit, something on my heart that I want to bring. And then we might pray for some people and just see what happens. Is that cool? So we're just going to have um, some fun tonight. It's awesome. Absolutely brilliant. Um, I bought a few books with me um, for those that weren't here this morning. A couple of leadership books going to the next level. You can get a hold of those. Uh, Blend of Families, How to Survive a Blend of Family. And you can do it well. It's a how-to book. It's not a Bible study, but uh, talks through that. Um, this one here, Ascent, How to Have an Upward Progressive Life as a Believer. It's a prayer uh, devotional book, and you can go through it and have a look at it. And um, just it's written to encourage you not to be boring. Is that okay? So if, you, if you're living a boring life, stop it right now. Just cut it out and go to another level. That'll really help you. You'll love that one. Um, this one here is uh, tell your story, how to communicate your testimony to people. And uh, we, we've done a lot of surveys in this. We've found uh, in most Pentecostal churches in particular, uh, between 70 and 80% of people feel confident to invite someone to maybe and even bring a friend to maybe Friday night to the women's uh, gathering, to a service, to whatever. They feel confident to do that. But we found it reverses to up to 70, 80% of Christians don't feel confident then to tell their story. They don't quite know how to go about it. That's what this book's about, how you can write out a presentation to people, and um, it's it's really helping people. I think I'm on to my third printing already in a year. They're just going because people are going, "Wow, I can I can do this." This is a very dangerous idea, and the idea that everyone in this room has a powerful story 
and you can share that story and it will bring impact into people's lives. And, uh, but it's how to um, design, if you like, or how to prayerfully make that presentation fittle, fitting and appropriate to the people that you're witnessing. So I get into there how to do that so you can get a hold of that. And tonight, well, we're doing an encounter meeting. So I think this book's probably important. Yes, Holy Spirit. Uh, I find wherever I go, there's quite a few people who have a but Holy Spirit. So it's yes, but, um, you know. So if you've got that tonight, you're welcome. Have a buttectomy and we'll... Um, and we'll get move with the Holy Spirit. How does that sound? So you can get a hold of those that are there. That's fantastic. I want to pray for a few people uh, regarding health. It's something on my uh, heart uh, of late. And I just find if I can open the meeting and pray for a few people, is that okay? I want to pray for some people. There's probably several here. And the only way I can describe it, I'm not a doctor of medicine. I've got a doctor of theology. I can tell you why you're sick, but I can't get you healed. Um, but um, I want to pray for people that have uh, like prickly skin. You get rashes and sometimes you just you feel just irritated over your body. I want to pray for people that. I want, this morning as I was preparing for today, I very clearly saw a three-dimensional heart. And I saw the same with two kidneys and they were just floating. Whoever those kidneys are, that's real weird. Um, but we're going to pray for those, okay? So that could be any conditions with your heart or related conditions, your kidneys, etc. We'll pray for that. And I also want to pray for people that have chemical imbalance. I find this is a real need in our culture where people have uh, chemical imbalance. And that can be so wide. It can be from high or low iron, um, uh, thyroid difficulties. It can be... Uh, vitamin D deficiency. It's amazing. I find everywhere I go, people suffer from this. And most people that have these conditions, it's undiagnosed. They don't actually know what it's called. They just know they'll uh, feel lethargic or they can't get out of bed in the morning. And we want to pray for you. And I uh, believe God together. Anyone with those conditions here tonight? Just raise your hands. We're going to pray for you. Anyone? We've got, yeah, a few. Okay, let's all stand together and let's turn this into just like a prayer meeting for healing and believe God to touch these people. If you've got another condition that I didn't call out, that's fine too. If you have pain in your body, I'd like to pray for people that have tendon uh, problem with your tendons. It could be around your knees, your shoulders. It could be uh, up your spine here by your neck and yet it's been stretched, maybe it's a car accident, pray for people that as well. Just come forward, we're going to pray for you, okay? Just move forward right now and we'll believe God for healing. Now, uh, in the church, our pastor was talking about participation. So tonight, if you know someone, pray for them by name. If you don't, just pray for somebody and believe God for them, okay? For a healing touch of God on their life. Fantastic. I want you to reach your hands out to the Lord. We're going to pray. Say this after me. Say, Lord Jesus, thank you for carrying my sin and carrying my sickness on the cross. I give you my sickness tonight. I give you my pain. And I receive my healing and my faith in the name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. Lord, just touch them right now. Let the power of God come. Just touch them right now. Let the power of God come upon them. In the name of Jesus, touch them. Let the power of God come. Touch them right now. That's right. Let the healing power of God touch your body. There, receive it. Take your healing. Take your healing. Whoa, whoa.
Oh, all the power of God's there. Whoa, dear. Take your healing. It finishes tonight. Right now it finishes. No more. No more. Take your healing. Take it. There you go. Take your healing right now in the name of Jesus. Take it. Let the power of God come. Take your healing right now in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Amen. Do you believe it? Come on, let's give the Lord a clap offering. Come on, let's walk in faith, sir. It's cool, man. It's awesome. Wonderful. You can be seated. Fantastic. You know, I only met this gentleman the first time tonight. We met out there. I like you because you're a motorbike rider. I ride motorbikes too. That's awesome. But you know, the Lord said to me when, 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 when I just met you out there and I just thought about I was walking in, um, God's going to put your roots down. And this is what the Lord's saying to you tonight. You've been here and you've been there but God's brought you to a new place and he's going to put your roots down probably for the real first time. Like you do have origins. I know you, you come from somewhere, right? But what God's going to do is a new thing in your life. You're going to find your purpose that you've been hungry for all your life. You're going to find your roots and God's going to settle you. There's going to come a settleness in your life. That's what God said to me and I, I've never met you before, but that's what I felt God, God say to me. The Holy Spirit's here. Do you believe that? Thank you, man. Just keep it happening. Keep it floating. And you know, I, I was thinking tonight, I was preparing, I just, I just see things and I saw God giving you keys. God's going to give you keys. And I think that's twofold. I think it's spiritual. God's going to give you keys for these people. Because God's sending you to a people. We're going to talk about this in a minute. But I've got a feeling too, those keys are practical. It's going to be keys to a building. So we're going to get a supernatural provision. It's going to happen. Just keep knocking on doors. Just keep doing what you're doing. And God's going, come here and we'll just pray for you right now, Lord. God, just lift them up, Lord, to you. Pray for them, will you, church? We believe God for a fresh anointing as they prepare. As you have prepared them now, Lord, you've prepared the ground. Father God, let the anointing of the Holy Spirit come. Give them the keys that they need. The keys of the Spirit. The keys, Lord, that are practical. The keys, Lord, that will unlock doors. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. And fear not, says the Lord, for I will provide. Fear not what steps I shall take. There's the power of God coming upon you. Take a fresh anointing tonight. In the name of Jesus, in the name of you, there you go. Take it right now, there you go. Rest in me, says the Holy Spirit. Rest in me. <sighs> Holy Spirit, touch him. The power of God come upon our Lord. And know this, says the Lord, I'm gonna fill your mouth with a fresh word. I'm gonna fill your mouth with a fresh word. And it will resonate in people's hearts. And you shall see my spirit hover and move and do things that you will wonder at. For I have prepared you for this hour, says the Lord. 
Oh my God. Oh my God. There you go. Just take it. A fresh anointing. Hallelujah. Come, you too. Come. 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 Oh man. When I was thinking about you, and I think about people, this is weird. I'm not stalking you. But I was just thinking about you, and this is what the Lord said to me pillars. And here's what God's saying others are going to come and go but you are going to be as a pillar in this house. That's good, isn't it? That's what I felt God say. And I think you've said in your heart, well, what do I do? Where, what am I supposed to, where am I to be? What am I to do? You're in the right place. And God is going to create in you the strength. It's already there, but it's going to manifest, okay? And you're going to rise in leadership and God's going to give you influence from this place. How cool is that? And don't worry about your finances. Don't worry about your family. God is going to take care of all of that for you. Amen. Amen. And God's going to heal you. He's going to bring a fresh touch in your life. I can feel it all over you. Yeah. It's cool, isn't it? I can feel it. My fingers are tingling. Oh, my God. It's amazing. Why don't you raise your hands, close your eyes, and just let God touch you. Just touch them all with a fresh touch of the Holy Spirit. In the name of Jesus, there it is, a fresh oil, a fresh anointing coming upon you. Jesus, 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 Jesus. Amen, Holy Spirit's here. Amen, do you believe it? It's awesome. I'm reading from Luke chapter four. Tonight, I just want to share a few ideas with you because I have a burden on my heart and I I think it'll help people. But it says this, the Spirit of the Lord is upon me because He has anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. He sent me to heal the brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty to the captives and recovery of sight to the blind to set at liberty those that are impressed and to proclaim the acceptable year of the Lord. The Spirit of the Lord is upon me because. I want you to say because. Because. The Spirit of the Lord is upon me because. Do you know what I've noticed? There are three experiences or dimensions in the Holy Spirit. There's the baptism of the Holy Spirit, and that's the first time the Holy Spirit comes on me. Say first time. Then as we walk in the Spirit and we live every day and we turn up to church and we go to conferences and meetings and we seek God, we get refilled. Because in Ephesians it says, but be being filled. It's really clunky English because it can't be translated literally. But it, but it literally means in the English, but be being filled. So it's be filled. It's sort of Irish, isn't it? Um, be filled, but be being filled. But wait a minute, I am filled because be means I am, right? Be filled. So be, I am filled, but I'm to be being filled. It's, it's Irish. What that describes is the life of the Spirit. And we are filled 
every time the Holy Spirit comes on us. Say every time. So you see, we're filled the first time when we're baptised in the Holy Spirit. Then we are constantly receiving revelations and touch from God in worship tonight. You stand, you raise your hands, right? You're being filled again and again, but you're already filled, but you'll be being filled. It's amazing. It's like, I do cycling. I, I ride two kinds of bikes. I ride um, Harleys for pleasure and push bikes for pain. And I never get the two confused. <laughs> People that ride a motorbike know what I'm talking about. But you know what I do all the time? I check my tyres before I ride. They're filled. But I just give them maybe a little pump every now and again. If you ride a bike, you'll know what I'm talking about. So, so you know what your pressure is for that particular ride. Now I do road riding, so I need my pressure to be around 120. So I'm always checking it. And the only way to do it with what I've got, I don't have a gauge or anything. I've got a pump with a gauge on it. So I go through the motions every time I ride my bike. It's like habit. And sometimes I flick the tyre like this and I can tell by the ping how much pressure's in it. But I still undo it, put the thing on and look at it. And it might be just, and I just give it a couple of squirts. That's what coming to church is like. You know, someone might come up to you as a person and go, ping, ping, and they go, boy, he's pretty filled, but hey, here, just take a little bit more. Be being filled. But you know, there's another dimension of the Holy Spirit. And I believe this is lacking in the body of Christ. But it's a dimension that God wants us all to discover. And that is, we are baptised, we are filled but God wants all of us to discover our anointing. And we are anointed for a time. Say, for a time. So you see, we, we, we are baptised in the Spirit the first time. We're filled every time. But we're anointed for a time. And we've got to find our because. That's why Jesus said, The Spirit of the Lord is upon me because... He has anointed me. Notice he didn't say he's baptised me or he's filled me because he was already baptised and he was already filled. He already had the Spirit without measure. So how come if Jesus had the Spirit without measure, he still had to be anointed? That's a great question, isn't it? Because the anointing is a different matter. I find this incredible. The early Pentecostals in the break of the century around 1900, they didn't see the baptism of the Spirit as an individual experience per se. It happened to individuals. People were touched by God and filled with the Holy Spirit. But that's not what they saw. The leaders of Pentecost originally saw that the coming of the Holy Spirit on us was to create an army, create a body, create a church of spirit-empowered people who were all gifted, all anointed, and all filled to do the work of God. Amazing, isn't it? The Apostle Paul put it another way when he lists all the, list, uh, the gifts in 1 Corinthians 12. He lists them, you know, prophecy and teaching and tongues and interpretation and what, and he lists them. But he says this amazing thing in 1 Corinthians chapter 14. He says, since you are zealous of spiritual gifts, the what? 
seek to excel in the building of the church, the who. We've got to move as Christians from the what to the who. The anointing is not found in the what, it's found in the who. It's very, hold that thought. He goes on in chapter 12, verse 7, and he says the manifestation of the Holy Spirit. He's using a generic term to say whether you prophesy, teach, encourage, organize, uh, you know, mercy, whatever you do, whatever the gift, the manifestation of the Spirit is given to produce that which is beneficial, some translations say. Others' translations say to edify others, to build others up. Jesus put it this way, again using a general term, he says, you shall receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you and you will be witnesses to me. We're all called to be witnesses. We're all called to build the church. We're all called to be gifted and anointed by God. But we must find our because. Jesus was anointed to preach. He said, the Spirit of the Lord is upon me because he's anointed me to preach. And then he lists actually seven anointings or seven dimensions of his anointing which goes way back into Isaiah and the foretelling of the coming of the Messiah. But it's a great question, what is your because? You may be baptised in the Spirit, you may be being filled even tonight, but what is your because? Has He anointed you to preach, to serve, to teach, to exhort, to give, to lead, to show mercy? It's amazing. We've all got one gift at least, we know that from the parable of the talents. Some here have two gifts. Some have three or five. It, it just depends what your because is. And we've got to unlock what our because is because once we know what our reason, our because, what God's called us to do, then we find our anointing. It's interesting that David when he was anointed to be king, he was in a family of pretty gifted individuals. His eldest brother Eliab was one of the leaders in Saul's army. He was a mighty man of valor. They're all a godly family. In other words, they all um, believed. It sounds like some of the older brothers were better looking than David. Because it says in the Bible that David was ruddy. That was a nice thing to say. He was pimply. He was young. He hadn't quite matured. He was the baby of the family. They were all gifted. They were all believers, but they weren't all anointed. And the Samuel was asking the father, Jesse, he said, are these all your sons? So he goes through the six and, and he doesn't get a read on them. And he goes, got a, there's another one, surely. So, oh, yeah, there's David, but you don't really want him. He's like a teenager. He writes poetry and he sings to sheep. I mean, you know, he says, go bring him. The Bible said he walks in the door and the Spirit of the Lord speaks to him and says, behold, the anointing of the Lord arise, anoint him. See, because God's not looking at our abilities, looking at our availability. God's not looking at the outward appearance, He's looking at the inward appearance. 
And so we discover in David's life, he had three anointings. He had this anointing where he was anointed among his brothers. Then he was anointed among his tribe. And then finally, all of Israel came and anointed him king over Israel, the nation. So I think there are three levels of the anointing. There is a local anointing. There is an extra local anointing. And there is a national anointing. We get really messed up in the church when we have people that only have a local anointing and they're trying to be intergalactic prophets. And they ought to just stay home. And that's where trouble starts because we get people, yes, they're filled with the Spirit, yes, they're gifted, but they're not anointed. They haven't been recognised by their local church family. They haven't been recognised by their tribe or their denomination or their association. And now they're trying to be global. It doesn't work that way. God doesn't bypass his structure. God does not bypass his chain of command. You can be filled and baptised anywhere by anybody. Isn't that interesting? But you only get your anointing in the presence of your brothers. The anointing comes through a context. This is really important. Jesus came to John the Baptist and said, baptise me. And John said to him, what do you mean? You're the Lamb of God, man. You should be anointing me. He says, no, no, you're the established prophet. I need your approval that all righteousness might be filled. And here's Jesus, the Son of God, who invented baptism, who created the world. But to get his anointing, he had to submit to the existing leader. Isn't that amazing? Barnabas, he's serving in the church. He's a prophet, the Bible said. He's the son of encouragement. A revival breaks out in Antioch and the apostles hear about it and they send Barnabas. It wasn't like Barnabas was walking around one day and God spoke and said, Ooh, Barnabas. Go to Antioch. Okay, Lord. It wasn't like that. He's just serving in the context of his local church. News of revival happens in Antioch and the elders there were the 12 apostles. They sent, you can read it in Acts, it says they sent Barnabas. And it says Barnabas was a good man and full of the Holy Spirit. Isn't that interesting? But when he goes to Antioch, he finds his anointing. He discovers his anointing at Antioch. Up until then, he's part of the team. He's serving. You could say he's anointed in the local setting. But now God sends him and he's going to be anointed for an international ministry that's going to touch the whole Roman Empire and reach beyond. It's incredible. Then it says in the very next verse, and then Barnabas goes to Tarsus to seek Saul. So here's Saul, he's really disillusioned. He had this incredible vision. He's been filled with the Holy Spirit. He said, I speak in tongues more than you all. He's gifted, he's an awesome preacher, but he nearly gets murdered and he thinks he needs to hide for a while. But again, God never bypasses the existing leadership. And what happens is 
Barnabas, who now is anointed in his context, he now goes down to Tarsus and says, Saul, come with us. And the Bible said he comes to Antioch and he becomes part of a team in Antioch and they begin to build this incredible church. History tells us that Antioch became a more influential and even a larger church than Jerusalem. And you've got to read what happened in Jerusalem. It was phenomenal. But you see, Jerusalem was just a Jewish setting. God wanted the gospel to go to all the world, to every nation. And so in this team in Antioch, God pulls together people from Africa and, and Jews and Greeks. And it's a, it's a multicultural, if you like, church. And it's from there, now we find the next one, Paul and Barnabas are now sent from that team to go out and plant churches all over the Roman Empire. It's, it's incredible what happened. And then you go a few chapters later and he's in a place called Lystra, I think it is. And he sees this young man in the church and his name's Timothy. And he's serving in the local church. It seems as like it could be a deacon or a ser he's serving in the local church. Paul sees him and says, we need him to come with us. He's going to be an incredible anointed person. He ends up the senior pastor of the church in Ephesus that later became as great as Antioch. It was one of the leading churches in the known world. What am I saying? It's possible to be filled and baptised anywhere, but the anointing comes through leaders and in the presence of our brothers, that's the biblical terminology, or our spiritual family. The anointing draws me to who, not what. My question to you tonight is, you're filled with the Holy Spirit. You have gifts from God. But who's your because? Is it kids? Is it youth? Is it the community at large? What, what, who? What has God anointed you for? Maybe as you think about this, God may speak to you. And you might find your because right here in the local church. Your because. So important. What am I saying? I believe God wants us to apply our gifts and our talents in the context of the local church. That's where we find our anointing. It's amazing. Do you know how I became the head of our Sunday school ministry when I was a young teacher? The elders of our church asked us if we would look after it. Do you know how I became the music director? The leaders asked me if I would coordinate the music team because the church was starting to grow and everything. I, became, I ended up the music director. Then we started a college, a Bible college in Singapore. And how did that happen? Well, the elders, our pastors, asked us if we'd go and start that. It's amazing. You, you can trust God, friends. Listen to me. You can trust God if you know your context. But what I find happens in the body of Christ, it's happened all through. People are trying to find their anointing there because outside of their context. 
They're trying to do it by themselves. They're trying to get led by God. They're trying to discover what God has for them. But you know what? Your anointing is right here. Right here in the local church, you'll find your anointing, you'll find your because, and God will lead you from that. And you know, as we did all of that, I was traveling around Australia and the Holy Spirit spoke to me, gave me a vision of Brisbane and spoke to me about planting a church in Brisbane. And we went home and we shared it with our leaders, our pastors, and they said, yes, this is awesome. Go, this is what God. So yes, God can speak to you. But the anointing to do anything happens when we discover our context, our who, our family, who we're about. And right now, you're here in this family. And I'm telling you, there's so much to do. There's so much work to do, whether you're in business. Because you have to be anointed in business just as much as in the pulpit. So we get the idea that the only people anointed are in the pulpit. No, no, no. We're all going to find our anointing. If you're a parent, you need an anointing, especially if you've got teenagers. You need an anointing, I'm telling you right now. Whatever you do, we need to find your anointing. But where do you find your anointing? You find it in the presence of our brothers and sisters. We find it in our local church. And it's there that we flourish. It's there that gifts are unearthed. There we find our because, we find our niche, we find where God's called us. It's pretty exciting, isn't it? And you know, that's the wonder of church. We get to do church together. I love it. We actually get to do this. What a privilege. And yet you hear Christians today, and I know I'm singing to the choir, so I don't have to be in church to be a Christian. It's like, oh my God, that's just like crazy. That's like saying, I don't have, I, I, as a human being, I don't need to be in a family. No, you, you, you've got a family you know, it's just crazy, you know. And, and it's in the context of fellowship, it's in the context of this that God begins to bring out our because. When you know your because, you're a dangerous person because you're secure. You know you're where God wants you. You're exercising your gifts, not just fluffy. You know what I mean by Fluffy. You're not just walking around nebulously prophesying over people and having a word for the. I meet people like this all the time. You know, I have people come up to me like, who I don't even know, and they say, can I prophesy of you? And often I just like to let them do it just if I can check out what it sounds like. And it's, it's pithy. It's like all fluff and bubble. It means nothing. Because it's just all people having a go. No, you don't have a go. You bring your gifts and you find your context and it's in the context you begin to develop that gift and it begins to flourish and it's in that setting that the anointing begins to come onto your life. My vision of the church is that our church would be filled, that your church would be filled of anointed business people. When they go to work tomorrow morning, man, they're going in the power of the Holy Spirit. They're going with the anointing to make money. They're going in the anointing to create business. That's an anointing. You, you can discover that anointing. And it's out of this strength when you go to do it that you have that confidence because you know you're being prayed for. You're being supported. You're, you're walking in what God's given you. Our youth leaders, they need to be anointed. Our kids workers, they need to be anointed. We want deacons on the door to be anointed. We want sound people to be anointed. 
want everyone to find their anointing, not just be baptized or filled or have a gift of prophecy. We want them to find their because. This is why God gave me the gift of teaching. I'm raising up an army of young people. This is why God gave me a gift of of evangelism. I'm leading uh, children to Christ. I'm leading young people to Christ. I'm ministering to older people. Whatever your gift is, your gift isn't your because. That's the tool. That's the equipment so that you can find your because, your anointing. Wow. I guess if I went a step further, we could do a a volunteer drive here right now and sign you up. If you're not involved in the church, if you just come to church, and that's good, that's a level, but listen, if you come to this church but you're not serving in an area, you'll never find your because. Sure, God loves you, you you you'll you'll be filled with the Spirit, You'll, you'll enjoy the presence of God, but until you find a context, you'll never find your true anointing. You know, we retired recently and we've had our because for 33 years. I've built our church number one. As a result of that, we were invited to build the movement of churches. What a, what a great privilege. We just did whatever God. But that wouldn't have happened if I didn't do that. But our prime focus was build the church for 33 years. We just locked in. I put everything subject to that. I turned down invitations to speak at major conferences and incredible opportunities. And I go, no, I can't do it because I have to be home these Sundays and I'm not going to do it because I found my because, right? But then when we retired, you give up your because because you've got, you got to step out, right? So people say, well, what do you do? Well, you've got to find another because. <laughs> so we just said to God, well, God, we don't know what that because looks like. But this is what I do know. I'll do whatever you ask me to do. And we literally handed our church over, not really knowing what it was look like, looking like. But you know, over the last three years so far, we've traveled all over the world, people inviting us all the time to come and speak. Now that might not be your because, but that became our because. And we just said, okay, God, we'll go. I think in the last year, I think we've been home in our home church about three Sundays, maybe four at the most. The rest, we've been out ministering, responding to invitation. What am I saying? What I'm saying is it doesn't matter whether you're young or old, you've got to find your because. But it's always in a context. It's never in a vacuum. It's not like, well, Jesus lead me and I'm just going to go out. No, no, no. God's going to lead you in a context. And it's in that context that not only will your gifts flourish, but God will bring other gifts to bear. He will develop other gifts and other abilities because you begin to function in the anointing. So there's a difference tonight in being baptized and being filled and being anointed. I think a healthy Christian has all three. They're baptized, they speak in tongues, they're saved, they're being filled, they're open to God like you are tonight, but they've also found their because. They're serving in a context and it's in that setting that we begin to flourish and find our anointing in God. Wow. I don't know about you, but I want the anointing to rest on me even though I'm retired. So it's not about stopping. It's about re-engaging. 
And you might have done this at one point and then God asked you to move out, but you don't do nothing. You re-engage in a new context, in a new anointing. Isn't that amazing? I love it. The Holy Spirit's here. Why don't we stand together? I want to pray for people tonight. You need a fresh touch from God in your life.